0: Welcome back to
1: Cover B. Welcome back to Cover B, our real extra episode for Avengers Endgame. (sighs) The culmination of 22 movies, some like over a decade's worth, almost two decades worth, right? Of...
0: I think it's like 11
1: Filmmaking? 11 years? So a decade worth of filmmaking. Yeah, because it was like 2009, (sighs) I think. 2008. Anyway. (sighs) um, So we're going to open this up by... Giving a little bit of a spoiler-free review. When we get to spoiler town, we'll signify it. If you don't want spoilers, shut the episode off at that point. Yes. But the first like five minutes or so should be pretty safe. Yes. Um, and what I'll do is in the description when I post this, I'll put a time code for where the spoilers start. Yeah. So you know, um, so you can just listen up until that
0: way you guys don't point. have to be spoiled if you don't get to see <coughs> it yet, and then you can come back.
1: Yeah, and you'll and, know
0: where to start yeah, back up. And
1: you can yeah, you can listen to us discuss all the spoilery bits. Anyway, I thought it was beautiful. Thought it was gorgeous, yeah. just wonderful movie. Um, did it have some like very minor flaws, sure no movie's perfect, but it was unstoppably amazing. Like it was just start to finish really really good. It handled emotional shifts incredibly well. So lots of ups and downs in this movie. Um, marvel and the russos did an amazing job kind of keeping everything under wraps i mean i know there was a big leak but they kept everything under wraps so you really didn't know what to expect when things would change so when certain things would happen you it was hard to predict what
0: what was coming next they were gonna go
1: yeah um acting always great like i mean that's to be expected. It's, it's incredible, though, how well the Russos are able to handle all the different personalities that they have to deal with. Yeah, you know, there's I mean? a lot of
0: people in these movies. Like,
1: all the characters still feel the same. All the actors feel like they're comfortable doing the role and delivering the lines and doing what's expected of them. Um, so that was really impressive because it's just a bunch of different people. involved i felt felt the same way with infinity war i was like that's just amazing that they can get all these different people with all these different both actor personalities and character personalities and keep them cohesive without anyone feeling out of place or underused or underdeveloped yeah um cool stuff
0: yeah i i too thought it was beautifully done um i think it was Potentially the only appropriate way mm-hmm. to handle the end of this yeah. massive and undertaking um, and wrap-up conclusion movie. Um, I managed to not have to pee during the entire movie. <sighs> no pees. I I literally stopped drinking fluids by eleven a.m. the day of, and our movie was at seven. So, literally, we left the theater and I was like a husk of a human. I'm yeah. still dehydrated. <laughs> but, um. I was just
1: crumbling. Yeah. To the, at the touch. It's like touching a lump of flour. I may as p-
0: well be dusted myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, but it was. I. I agree. I think the cinematography was well done. Mm-hmm. I think the music was appropriate in the appropriate ways and times. Very diverse soundtrack, which is cool. Um, which is important to me because I feel like you need a diverse soundtrack in order to accurately represent all of these different characters and all the different movie styles that were developed within them, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. you have a certain type of theme coming from a guardian scene and you have a certain <clears throat> type of theme coming from a cap scene mm-hmm. and just all of this different stuff.
1: I absolutely loved the soundtrack in this. I thought it was... It was interesting because it was kind of, like, simul... Like, I mean, it had the orchestral stuff that felt very heroic and noble during, like, big battle scenes and stuff like that. And the ambiance was very well. There was a lot of moments where there was just nothing, and I thought that was good. Yeah, that was very good. Because everything's so dire that there was some great moments where there was just, like, no soundtrack. And we'll talk about a few of those later on. Um, But they did a lot of, like, actual songs at transition moments. Yeah, and they were almost kind of out of place, and I think that it fits the tone of the movie because the tone of the movie is all these characters trying to like figure out what's next, yeah, and just like flying by the seat of their pants, really trying to like get there, um,
0: generate momentum. And I mean,
1: some of the songs did set up certain things that I won't say without spoiling, but um, uh, but I I just. I felt like they were very out of place and that kind of added to the I guess the overall entropy of the movie of Almost these characters. Of yeah. It. These characters just grasping at what they could in like a desperate attempt to try to like resolve themselves in this world that's been established after the snap. Yeah. Um but it was just, it was so good. It was a good movie and it it Harkens back to what I said about the end of the recent Avengers short story, um, or miniseries. Um, uh, no Road Home, where, like, the last issue was very, like, Marvel homage Yeah. Where it was, like, very much, you could feel it was, like, grasping at you as a fan. Yeah. I felt like this did the same thing. I agree. And we'll explain why, but um, if you're a Marvel fan, you're... Even if, like, say you just haven't been feeling the movies, the Infinity War through in-game arc is worth experiencing strictly for how good they do at being, like, rewarding you for being a Marvel fan. Essentially, at being like, hey, you've kept up with the movies, you've kept up with the comics, you know these characters, you love these characters... Here you go. Yeah, I agree. And it, this felt very much like the end of both No Surrender and No Road Home, the recent Avengers macro series is um, where it was like, hey, you're a fan. You've kept up with this. You like, earned this. We're going to stroke you a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, here you go. No, I agree. Um, I feel
0: like Endgame, even more so than Infinity War, I won't say specifics, but they do such a good job of also acknowledging and tipping their hat at comic readers. Mm. Because, you know, you don't really have to read comics in order to enjoy the Marvel movies and, and appreciate the characters and all that. And one of the reasons for their success is because of that, that yeah. you, don't, you don't have yeah, to yeah. be a comic reader. But there are so many moments where it's almost like the the comic writers themselves kind of look you in the face and are like, we know you've read. We know you've been there. Mm-hmm. Thank you. This is for you. Yeah. You tip our hat to you and what you've done for us it and what you've Feels
1: us delightfully final, which is good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's Very a good so. They definitely, you know, are not quiet about how they have more coming. Like these character stories are not over. Um But you know, this one felt like a great bookend to the first four phases yeah. of this stuff. And what I like is that they're bookending it at a point, and especially with this movie, like a little bit in the movies leading up to it, like Captain Marvel and Infinity War and even Black Panther, Doctor Strange. Um, But especially with this movie, it feels like they're finally not playing it safe anymore. Yeah. Because I feel like they've slowly been playing it less safe. Like they started out really safe, like you know, Asgardians are magic, their technology, and, like, you know, Iron Man stuff is kind of reasonable, like, we're not gonna go into this, like, weird, like, micro super science and stuff like that, and then they started introducing, like, your Ant Mans, and the Quantum Realm, and your Doctor Stranges, and, you know, the Ancient One, and... All this magic stuff. And Thor started to get a little bit more magic-y. But then they shot him into space. And so it's like, uh. And then like there's maybe cosmic-y they're... beings. Yeah, and there's all this cosmic stuff with Guardians and... Um,
0: Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel.
1: And it just feels like, especially with like how this one pans out. And like what steps they take in this movie. It feels very much like, in the next phases, we're not playing it safe anymore. Gloves are off.
0: No holds barred. And that's
1: what I've always said makes... You know, we're catching up on the Arrowverse stuff. What I think makes the Arrowverse stuff just work a lot better... Like, I love the Netflix Marvel stuff, don't get me wrong. Um, I love the MCU, don't get me wrong. EU the movies, Justice League movies. We're a little yeah. rough. But what I think, you know, makes Shazam and Aquaman work and Wonder Woman to an extent work and the Arrowverse stuff work is that they're not afraid... To just be comic book movies. Yeah. The shit that happens in comic books happens here. They don't have to rationalize it. They don't have to over explain it. They don't have to make sure you get it and you can believe it.
0: They just expect that if you have chosen to watch this stuff, Mm -hmm. you acknowledge that this is based off a comic book. You're going to have to suspend some of your disbelief in order to engage. Yeah, And that just is what it is.
1: And that's perfect. That's where you need to be. And I feel like there was a lot of moments in the early, like, Marvel Cinematic Universe where they tried to make stuff fit in our world instead of inviting us into theirs.
0: That's a really good way of
1: putting it. And I think now we're in their world. Yeah. And they are fine with that. And I think that's going to give them a lot of freedom. Because, like, Thanos in many ways was kind of a safe bet for the first, like, overarching big bad. Right. Because... He's easy for people to accept. He's a big purple badass who's un- like essentially unstoppable. Has a huge army. Has a bloodlust. You know, they gave him an interesting motivation in Infinity War with the whole like balance thing. But this dude's okay with killing people. Yeah. There's no such thing as innocence for this dude. He's fine with it, and that's believable. We've seen that plenty of times in bad guys in movies, so we can accept that. But going forward. They're going to have to pick something that's daunting to be the next phase. And then we've got like what the scrolls and in secret invasion that takes a lot of accepting, um, a Nihilus, you know, bug guy from dark space with a like endless army that devours planets. That's going to take a lot of explaining. Galactus. Galactus. He's it's a big, giant
0: dude that eats
1: planets. Big purple, possibly <laughs> cyber guy that eats planets and is unstoppable. And has the power cosmic. Now we're getting into, like, we've gone from infinity gems, which we, like, which they, like, rationalize and rationalize and rationalize. And then eventually we're just like, here you go. Um, (laughs) Here are these things. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, now we're going to get into, like, the power cosmic maybe. Like, whoa. Or, like, maybe we'll start bringing Mephisto in.
0: Hela might
1: still be around. So maybe we'll start getting, like, multiple realms coming into play. You know, we've got the realm, we got Heaven is in the Marvel Universe now. We got Hell, we got Niflheim, Muspelheim, you know, like, all these other realms could start coming into play. When is that going to happen? Warlock's probably going to come up. Without the Infinity Gems, how are they going to make him worthwhile? They're going to have to just make him this, like, cosmically weird dude, a la, like, Silver Surfer post-Galactus, you know? Yeah. We might get the X-Men eventually. We are probably gonna get the Fantastic Four eventually. Which like, could
0: bring in Doom. Who yeah. can be really hard to explain because despite He's the like, fact that he started as just like a guy, he eventually ends well, up. Yeah. I mean, in the comics, Doom is one of the last surviving yeah. people in the universe.
1: Well, if they and if they bring in Doom and bring him in right, then we're talking about somebody who's simultaneously science-based and mystic. Yeah. You know, which we haven't seen a lot of combination of lately. So, or at all, really, in this yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, with the classic, like, divide between Iron Man and Doctor Strange that we've seen in Infinity War, you know, the two of them very much work the same way for their own fields. Like, Iron Man, in many ways, is the Sorcerer Supreme of science. Yeah. You can do anything, science-wise. And so they should totally get along, but there's that divide there of, like...
0: They don't inherently understand each other. Yeah,
1: yeah. He just doesn't get his reliance on this and vice versa. And, um, so it's interesting to see where they're going to go next. Like, I'm very interested to see what they start setting up. And I hope they just, like, I hope they do it the way they did it. Like, I know all the fanboys are screaming. They're like, we need another big bad. We need another big bad. But I hope they did it the way they did it this time. Where we didn't know the Infinity Stones were going to be a thing until really, like, Guardians?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause like they had they that was one of the cool things is that they introduced individual stones but not as stones they
1: seeded them in they had the tesseract which ended up being the space stone we had the scepter in Avengers which ended up being the Mind stone we didn't introduce so we already had two at that point but we weren't introduced until Thanos like to Thanos until the end of like the stinger in Avengers. It was pre Josh Brolin, even. It was when he was still just like a CGI looking weirdo. And.
0: Well, and there's like the void from Thor, right? Yeah, the Aether. Yeah.
1: Um, Was that before Avengers, though? I thought they. Uh, No. I don't remember. Yeah, because Loki was in prison in Thor 2. Oh, yeah, that's right. So that would have been after the Avengers. But we had not been introduced to. Nothing had been called an Infinity Stone. Yeah, nothing was a stone. So then we got Thor 2. We got the Aether, which was the reality stone and but we didn't know that no one called it that they just referred to it as the aether it was the aether the aether so we had the scepter we had the tesseract we had the aether and not until guardians did somebody actually refer to something as a stone and the infinity stones get introduced yeah because at that point everyone started backtracking and being like oh shit tesseract is totally the space stone because look at how red skull gets teleported and oh you know, but no one, I, I don't remember anyone calling the scepter. Like, at least to me, I didn't yeah, I hear anybody that. being like, the scepter is the mind stone. I think that one slipped, like, slipped under the radar. Um, And then everyone was like, oh, the aether is, you know, the reality stone, or maybe it's this stone, you know. And then we started seeing the stones pop up with Avengers 2, where two of them are literally like, you know, the mind stone is literally like ripped from the scepter and put into vision, you know. Yeah. And, um, so it's, it's just, I hope they do it that way again, where we get little, little seeds of who the big bad's going to be. And then it it happens like Mm. midway through the phase, we see like, Oh, Galactus is coming and then we build towards that for the end. You know, I really hope that's how they do it. I don't know if it is, you know. Producers and corporations and stuff might demand. And now that we've had
0: a big bad, it wouldn't surprise me if it's really hard to go back to not having a Mm -hmm. big bad. Because you know, people. Once you have people engaged, you have to keep them engaged. Yeah. And so it can be a lot harder because there for a long time, nobody knew that eventually all of these things were going to come together in movies like this. Like when we got our first Iron Man movie, there was no expectation that any other movie because at the time. There were X-Men movies. There were Spider-Man movies. Nothing crossed over. Nothing was
1: consistent. Well, I mean, Marvel went in with a plan. But there was (laughs) no no way of telling it would be, it would work. Yeah, exactly. There was no
0: intention behind it. Like, they had like, this would be really cool if this all works out. But they had no way of knowing if audiences were going to connect or not.
1: Yeah, because it was, you know, they had the first few movies planned. And they said, yeah, we're going to build this universe. And everyone knew they were going to build this universe. And at the end of Iron Man 1, Nick Fury comes out and is like, I want to talk to you about the Avengers. And I was like, whoa, cool. So we knew they were building towards this Avengers, but we had no way of knowing that Avengers would happen and keep going. Yeah. That it wasn't just going to be like, here's a Thor movie, here's an Iron Man movie, here's a Captain America movie, here's the Avengers, and then, you know yeah. what I mean? And then it just moves on to its own thing. And, you know, granted, that's entirely to the success of these films, so it's, you know, it's a shout-out to the quality of the filmmakers. John Favreau making a great first entry, um, the actors just loving the roles, the casting people getting great people, um, the writers making just good fun movies and smart from the decisions. Get-go. Yeah, yeah, and not Future trying to make anything. Decisions. Not trying to make anything initially too emotional or too crazy. Like the first three movies are all very like upbeat and chill, and you know what I mean. Like yeah. they're all very like light hearted movies, and then you get the Avengers which in the grand scheme of things is a lot less dire and like doom and gloom than the rest of these movies and the other group movies. Um, And then it, you know, it comes down to the fans being willing to go out and see it and buy it on Blu-ray and see it multiple times and talk about it and theorize about it and create the community that's formed around it, which is an awesome community where literally like you, except for a few kind of douchebags, you don't have to worry about anybody spoiling stuff because everyone is respectful of everyone else. Oh yeah. You know hashtags fly around. Don't spoil the end game, and you know you. Everyone's very wary about like us. We're gonna put a time code yeah. about like where the spoilers start, which will be soon. I promise. Um, <laughs> you know, and everyone just has that level of respect because the community formed around it is so tight
0: it's just a smart and and consider respectful are way.
1: there toxic people of yeah i mean captain marvel black panther that brought out a lot of them it's unfortunate but when you have millions of people all sharing a community that's gonna happen um kind of final notes it is a sober there's a lot of emotional moments to bring tissues if you're a crier Um, I
0: cried so much.
1: (laughs) T went through like an entire rainforest worth of tissues. Um, (laughs) They
0: just kept throwing them at me while I'm sitting there.
1: People do die. So keep that in mind. Um, We'll talk about who and we'll get into that later. Um, If you are weird about your youngsters seeing a lot of violence, including like someone getting their throat slit and like blood being like running out of people who are dead Obviously, like, a lot of, like, very military type of, like, violence. Uh, be careful. This is a PG-13 movie. So there is swear words. There is, you know, blood and violence. People getting stabbed and people getting, you know, throats cut and stuff like it that. It gets pretty dark. Um, and it does get very dark. So keep that in mind for the young, young, young ones. You might want to play it by ear. And then there is no stinger. Technically. We'll okay. get into that in the spoiler section. Um, there is, but I will tell you, there is a stinger at the very end of the credits. It's only audio and it doesn't, it's officially been called out by Disney as not pertaining to anything coming up. It's just a nod at what's come before. Yeah. So it's missable. If you want to know what it is, we'll talk about it in the spoiler section just because I don't want to spoil it If you it can't for wait anymore
0: that. and you gotta go pee, it's okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's no like visual stingers, really cool credits in the beginning where they give everybody kind of their due. They show like all the characters and then the original five Avengers get these like big, like homage kind of clip show yeah, things. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So it's worth staying for the beginning of the credits, but honestly, I wouldn't stick around for the whole thing. Just look it up online or listen to us talk about it. Um, it's, it's, it's not entirely worth sticking around. It's kind of cute but it's not entirely worth sticking around. With. Anyway, uh, spoilers Dirty. are going to start now.
0: Holy crap, you guys. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, like I said, it this movie was very much a nod to the fanship, I yeah. feel like. It was, I think Marvel has figured out that their best way to, like the way they prefer to close out these like big stories is to really reward the fans that have been keeping up. So, like, in addition to, you know, a lot of things that kind of leaned heavily into the comics, like we had, uh, you know, we had Captain America at one point tricking some Hydra dudes by leaning in and being, like, Hail Hydra. Which was amazing! Um, Oh, the whole
0: theater, like, lit up.
1: You know, and we had, like, Captain Marvel having her short hair and stuff. Uh, We had, like, a lot of Quantum Realm stuff going on. You know, a lot of nods to fans. Um, You know, then we had this huge end battle where essentially everybody who got snapped comes back. um, And you see just everyone doing stuff. They give everybody some time. Everyone gets the Everyone credit. some chance to kick ass. And it's just this awesome, like, huge homage to the fanships of just giving all these people this time and giving these characters time to be awesome. And Peter's back doing awesome Spider-Man stuff. And Black Panther and his crew are back. And Shuri's back being a badass. And there's and...
0: one scene where... The scene in which they're in the battle and Captain Marvel's about to go take the stones to the the van and Peter's like, I don't know how you're going to get over there. And all of the Marvel women collect together and go, she's not alone. Yeah. And they all go as like this mass unit <coughs> of but, all well, the women. It's just like I amazing. Thought it was, that was a
1: really cool way of making a nod toward the amount of badass chicks that they've put in. Without it being like, Let's get it girls. Yeah. Or it wasn't like, like that. You know, yeah, it wasn't like it was just... And they all kinda like file in individually, you know. Appropriately. Know what I mean? Um So I do have to get something off my chest that's been bothering me. I've been thinking about it since we saw it. Uh oh. I personally don't like Captain Marvel. Really? I I really want to, but I don't like how they used her in this movie. And I'm kind of bummed because it's going to give a lot of fuel to the people that are hating on her. Interesting. And it's... Explain. So, she comes in. She essentially just happens upon Tony Stark, right? And saves him. And then disappears for the rest of the movie and is very condescending about it. I think they made her just a condescending dick in this movie. Like, I don't want to say, like, oh, she's a tough... Like, it's not like, oh, she's a tough woman, so I don't like her because I'm a man. It's not one of those, like, sexist things. I think she was fundamentally condescending. You know? She was like, other planets are dealing with stuff too, you guys. And it makes sense, but she could have... I feel like they handled her lines poorly. And there was probably a directorial thing. I don't know if it was a Brie Larson thing or what. But I feel like they just made her very, like, negative and condescending towards the Earth people. Hmm. She could have just been like, guys, I would love to. You know what I mean? But... You know, I get, and if you need me, at no point was she like, if you desperately need me, like if Thanos fucking shows up out of like time warps out, you know, and like past Thanos somehow time travels and comes and starts attacking you guys, as crazy as that might be, if you need me, give me a call. You know what I mean? And she never seemed like she wanted to help. There was a cool line where she was like, other planets deal with this stuff and they don't have you guys. And so it made sense why she wasn't there during the initial bit of shit happening. Right. Because, like, Earth had the Avengers. They were fine. You know what I mean? They had the Avengers. They had Asgardians. They were cool. I'm gonna go help planets that don't have that going on. That makes entire sense. Why she didn't show up until now. You know? Yeah. But, I don't know. I just, I feel like they made her kind of a dick (laughs) in this movie. And then I'm just not a fan of how... It was cool that she, like, swooped in and destroyed Thanos' ship. But then I feel like they just kept her as kind of this aloof dick through the final battle where it was like, oh, cool, Captain Marvel's here to save us. And by all means, with Vision gone, Captain Marvel is, like, extraordinarily hyper-powered over everybody else. But, I don't know. I I just worried with how they made her very aloof and condescending feeling that it's just going to give fuel to the people that were like, Brie Larson sucks, Captain America's, or Captain Marvel's terrible. You know what I mean?
0: It's actually kind of an interesting point that you bring up. Because I did kind of feel the condescension, but the problem with it that I have Is that it's not the character's fault because there's not really another way for her to be right now. So the reason I say that is because as it stands, she has literally no relationship, no connection, no emotional attachment to any of these people except Nick Fury. Yeah. Like, she has no empathy for any of them because to her, she shows up and they're all like, Earth's the most important thing ever. And she's like, actually, I don't remember any of my time on Earth. All of the people that I gave a shit about on Earth aren't really there anymore. I don't, you know, Mm -hmm. I have no involvement with you people and I care about the Earth but I also care about all these other millions and trillions of beings in the universe that I've been taking care of while you guys have been an entire force of power on Earth. And so, like, I get that. My problem is that that's not how it is in the comics. Mm -hmm. Because one of the biggest factors of Captain Marvel in the comics is how significantly and emotionally connected she is to the other people on her team. Yeah. So, like, her relationship to Tony is huge. Her relationship to spider woman jessica drew is huge like these relationships that she builds that's why she doesn't leave that's why she doesn't just bail and that's why she's so relatable in the comics is because she's just she's just a chick like she just started as a chick who joined up in the military and now she has all of these powers and it's her dealing with being human and being not human Mm. but they don't so like I agree. It made her kind of an asshole in this yeah. movie, but how else is she going to be? She no, doesn't care about any no, of these I people. No, I get it.
1: I get it that she's distant. And I'm I'm not like you know, I'm not hating on her character necessarily. Like I'm not treating it like this was an organic how a character would react. I'm treating it like I don't agree with how they used her. I don't agree with like, I think the one takeaway from this that kind of bothered me as I, like, sat on it, and I'm glad we recorded not immediately after, because otherwise I'd just be foaming at the mouth like, oh, I'm um, <laughs> is that, so our introduction to her, like I said, is kind of deus ex machina. Like, she just happens upon Tony. They don't really explain how she found Tony, I don't think. Yeah. I, or I missed it, but she brings Tony back to Earth, and... So somehow she gets pinged by Nick Fury as he's getting dusted, and then she go like she's either beelining towards Earth, and finds Tony and is like, "Oh hey, a human! I'll bring him back," or she's like heading towards Earth, and then somehow gets signaled to go get Tony.
0: Maybe they had you know? like a like a distress signal out, and she read yeah, it. Yeah,
1: I think it would have been better to have her come to Earth, talk to the Avengers find out Tony is in space or something and then go. But I don't know if they even knew he was in space, but um, regardless uh, she basically swoops in is distant, aloof and kind of condescending to everybody. And then we do the like five year time jump and it opens with like, I mean, it opens with Cap and his like support group, but it goes to Natasha talking to Rocket and Nebula who are off helping space like looking for leads on Thanos and Rhodey is kind of helping keep Avengers things going and then Captain Marvel is just I guess there to be judgmental and update and she's like hey I can't help you guys sorry this is happening everywhere she doesn't seem like she like there's not a moment where she's like if something big comes up let me know call me she's just like hey, I'm dealing with other stuff. Sorry. And it's like, cool, thanks for the update. And then to have that be the last time we see her, and then the next time we see her is like a fan service jerky, like, look, she's awesome, is just a little rough, in my opinion. Yeah. Because it's like, condescending kind of looks down on all the Earth heroes from what we've seen. You know what I mean? Like, she's very, like, I mean, she's a badass. She's totally cool. Her interaction with Thor, loved it. Yeah. Like, Her initial interaction with the team, I really liked it. But I think it would have been rescued. Like, her character overall would have been rescued if when they started doing the quantum stuff, they were like, hey, we gotta go into space to do some of this. Let's call Captain Marvel. Right. And either had her on the team or had her express, Mm -hmm. like, guys, I'll get there as soon as I can, but I'm on this planet and some shit's going down. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I really need to, like... Deal with this, but then I'll come, and then that would have made her like coming in late, Makes- really fiery and angry and tough, make sense because she would have been like, "Oh shit, I got here late," and you could have had a scene with her being like, "Sorry, it took me so long," or like, "Did you miss me?" Like something coy to somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, as opposed to just like, once again, her Deus ex marketing. Like they used her essentially as just like a narrative armor for the Avengers, and it was just. It was frustrating. I, I feel like I would have liked more Captain Marvel time to have her actually like get familiar with the characters yeah. and build some bonds and friendships as opposed to just being like, here I am to save you guys again. Mm, That's actually a know. good
0: point. There's not... They don't give any of her communications with anyone any context. Mm-hmm. So, like, we know... She's coming because she got the ping from Nick. But we <clears throat> don't know if there was any context as to why she found Tony. We don't know if there was any context to why she was condescending to Nat. We have some hint that when they're in that room that everyone's kind of getting sick of Natasha trying to keep this stuff alive and keep moving forward. Yeah. But like, it would have been great to have even just a line of Cabin being like, Natasha we need to keep moving forward and you're trying to hold us back or like some type of context so that each time, like you said, maybe have them ping her and her be like, there's a planet exploding and I'm having to fix it. I'll be there as soon as I can. And then she comes in just providing her context instead of it being just like deus ex machina. I'm kind of condescending. I'm kind of detached. Like I understand the context overall of her being those things, but there's not enough context for, like, the circumstances in which she just shows up and makes things happen. Yeah. I, I agree. You know, that's actually fair. They didn't... I did feel like she just didn't get enough airtime.
1: She and did I, not. I know I was wanted really wanted to present yeah.
0: everybody else, but, like, you gave Nebula... I love her. But you gave Nebula a shitload of airtime and, like, Fair, yeah. no Cap Marvel airtime. And I'll be, like, if you look at the real world, people are going to care a whole lot more about Captain Marvel yeah. than Nebula. I
1: mean, Gamora got more airtime than she did and she's supposed to be dead. Like, yeah, regular and she, dead.
0: And admittedly, she didn't do shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, Gamora didn't do anything.
1: Um, But yeah, I just, I thought it was, I thought it was an odd choice, I'll say. I did not leave that movie enjoying her character as much as I did in Captain Marvel. And I loved her in Captain Marvel. But I feel like they tweaked her into this, like, I don't know. Like, it's tough for me because the more I talk about it, the more I feel like I'm just being sexist. (laughs) Or the more I feel like someone's going to call me out like, oh, what, she didn't smile? And it's true. She didn't really smile. But it wasn't in a way of, like, women are prettier when she smiles. Thor didn't really smile much in the beginning, you know, and that was kind of sad because I like happy Thor. Um, (laughs) But, like, in reality, I just felt like a lot of her interactions were very condescending. I feel like they didn't really build her to, like, bond with the... Like, they've obviously been talking to her for five years. They've been keeping up communication with her and kept her as, like, an extended Avenger. You know what I mean? Yeah. For, like, five years. And she's still very aloof, very distant, kind of condescending, and doesn't really offer to help if something big comes up.
0: And I get that there was, you know, there's not a lot of time in the actual movie because it was already over three hours. I get that they didn't have a lot of time to build stuff, but I feel like maybe some interactions in the movie could have been truncated In order to allot time to build Captain Marvel context. Because like I said, it probably would have made perfect (coughs) sense if they established in that communique with Natasha, hey- We've been doing this for five years. We're getting nowhere. You have to stop trying to rely on me to save Earth.
1: Yeah, I guess... When
0: everywhere else is blowing up. Like, you gotta leave me to do my job that only I'm the only one on this team that can do. But they didn't set any of that up, so she just sort of felt like an asshole.
1: Yeah, and then to have her swoop in and really be the turning point of the battle was... I think just it's just gonna hurt her character overall in the eyes of people that want to hurt her character. It's, it's not good for her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's not good for that character going forward as someone who is gonna be carrying a lot of phase five and on, potentially. Right. And they essentially have her looking like kind of a dick, but then saving the day, you know? And I heard from plenty of people, like, even people that liked Captain Marvel... As a concept, that they didn't want there to be like a "look, Captain Marvel saved everyone" kind of moment. And granted, I think a lot of them were referring to they didn't want Captain Marvel to be the one to get the glove, and that makes sense. That doesn't feel right. That would be like Ant Man getting the glove and being the one to snap everybody. You have back. been
0: here long enough. To you haven't
1: been here. It needs to be one of the originals. Like the originals need to be the ones making the big sacrifices. Yeah, and they do in beautiful ways. Um, but, like, they still pretty much had this, like, oh, this is it. It's dire. It's over. Yay, she's back. No one called her, but she just got a hunch, I guess, and came back, you know? Yeah. Like, does she have Superman levels of hearing or psychic attunement to somebody? I don't know. But she ended up coming back. It was an excellent scene, but I think it would have felt more heartfelt if we felt like she wanted to be there and wasn't just there as, like, a, oh, those Humies again, and, like, rushing in, you know? Yeah, yeah, And I think it could have been saved, like I said, just by- Just a line. Just a simple, like, either during that first communique, when Rhodey, like, tells Natasha about Ronan, having Captain America coming in and telling her, like, hey, you know, you need to move on, that should have been Captain Marvel coming, like, back on the comms and be like, look, are you okay? Like showing some sort of connection with the team,
0: yeah, you know, that, that's some so sort of important. connection,
1: or you know, have Captain America and Captain and Black Widow or Captain America and somebody else call up Captain Marvel when it's time to do Quantum Realm stuff, and have Captain Marvel be like, "Guys, I'd love to be there, but I'm dealing with a really serious situation right now," you know, and describe what it is, like, like you said, this planet is imploding, because it runs on a thermonuclear generator and with half the population gone, there's not enough people to
0: maintain it. it.
1: So it's going, you know, it's about to explode. I got to get everybody off. I will get to you guys as soon as I can. Yeah. You know, and have her want to be there show that she wants to be there and isn't just there because there's a lot of missiles and Thanos is there. Yeah. You know, and it just, it bothers me because like, yes, it was a long movie, but we literally had like maybe a thirty second long segment of Professor Hulk like lightly punching taxi cabs, that was funny, you know. Yeah. What I mean, we had the like Hulk, can I get a selfie with you moment.
0: Well, and then the you arguing know? between Ant Man and the kids. That's what I'm that, saying. That was like, like a full minute.
1: It was hilarious. It, it was, was great. Funny, but and it it's was like worth a full being in minute. there. But like that's the type of thing you could sacrifice to give one minute to a character. To give her development. To and give they her context. Didn't, they didn't develop Captain Marvel in this movie at all. No. Now, granted, she didn't need... She's already been developed. We know who she is because of her movie. You know, they... Anyone who didn't see Captain Marvel is now aware of her powers and what she can do and what she stands for. But anyone who didn't see Captain Marvel sees this person come in with insane abilities does not seem to give a shit about what's going on in this movie, and then showing up to save the day. Yeah. And that's rough. That yeah. is really rough. That would be like going through an entire season of Daredevil, and then Captain America comes in and kills the big bad, like defeats the big bad. And it's like, oh, cool. This hero that we give a shit about is not the one to save the day. Yeah. You know what I mean? This guy from somewhere else. Granted, Captain America's a bad example because Captain America's awesome. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's fair. I... I... They just didn't provide, it. I think they did her a disservice by not providing her enough context to, and, and it is, it bothers me because one of the biggest factors of Captain Marvel in the comics is that she is a moral compass because she cares about her team and the people around her so much yeah. and they didn't develop her as caring about these people at all because why would she? They didn't mm-hmm. give her A reason to care because they didn't uh, develop her relationship. Yeah,
1: they didn't develop a bond. Right. They didn't didn't show her her that connection. Because I mean, it was five years they were talking. They could have had moments of like she could have been to Earth again in that five years and helped out with something. There could have been like a flood. But then again, she could
0: have not been on Earth, and the only time they had communication was like once a month. She stands there quietly as they have these meetings, and she's like, "Yep, on this other planet, shit's happening."
1: gotta go like
0: they could have had no development at all they made
1: her feel a little too robocop and not enough like the terminator in the second terminator movie especially
0: coming off a movie that was all about her (laughs) discovering her humanity
1: yeah you know she was way too like this is what i'm doing deal with it and not enough like i'm a badass and kind of cold but i'm bonded through friendship you know what i mean
0: which is how she is in the comics
1: yeah so that, that fundamentally bothered me. But honestly, in the realm of flaws, I can get over that. I'm just... Oh, yeah. I'm mainly, like... It didn't... It bothered me, but I think it bothered me mainly for what I'm worried is going to happen with that character in the grand scheme of people being dicks about it. Yeah. Um, and people being dicks towards this movie. Like, so this movie is, like, only 90-something fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, which... Saying only 90-something <laughs> is crazy. Kind of but what that means is that there's a decent amount of negative reviews. There's a decent amount of people that are calling this movie rotten. I haven't read them because I didn't want spoilers. But I really want to go and read them because I guarantee a large majority of them is going to be like, so what, Captain Marvel saves the day? Boo. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it was kind of cheap. It was kind of cheesy. No,
0: she didn't <laughs> actually save the she day. She did not.
1: She just made a massive turning point in the overall thing. Yes. Um
0: she did have a she did have a moment. Now speaking of women, I was not prepared for Black
1: Widow. Yep. Yeah. So I was going to move into the deaths.
0: I next. I was not I I may start crying again. <laughs> yeah. We so Black Widow and Hawkeye go to get the Soul Stone, and as we saw with Thanos and Gamora, somebody's got to be thrown off a cliff in order to get the Soul Stone. And it's Widow, not Hawkeye. Yeah. So technically, you were right in one prediction and wrong in another. Yeah. And Hawkeye survived. And Widow is gone. I think the reason why I was so startled by it, and I think it's going to be so impactful, is because I don't think anybody, a single person, went into that movie thinking she was going to be one of the ghosts. I think she was probably the only one of the original five that I thought was safe. Yeah. Like honestly, I thought I thought Hawkeye could go. I thought Cap could go. I thought <coughs> Iron Man could go. I thought Hulk could go. Like, I was fully I was emotionally prepared for their losses.
1: Mm-hmm. I was
0: not emotionally prepared for her. So
1: yeah. So we'll at this point we'll talk about how we feel towards the ends of the original Avengers. So yes. Cap, Thor, Hawkeye, Hulk, Tony. Right, the original five,
0: and and Nat.
1: Oh, and Nat, original six. Um, I couldn't remember what the, because they were all on Twitter being like, "I love my original blue." I couldn't remember if it was five or six. Anyway, I um,
0: think it, I, it's weird because Hulk is weird <sighs> because he's been three different actors.
1: That's true, but since the Avengers, he's been one. Um, but I think uh, so for Nat, I think it was a good end. I wish they had referenced a little bit more what she talked about in, like, Ultron when she was talking to the Hulk about how she sees herself as a monster. Yeah. You know? And it might have been better served having her sacrifice happen after the Black Widow movie since it's supposed to be a prequel about her being in, like, the Red Room and being an assassin and stuff like that. Right. Um, but I think of all ways for her to sacrifice herself. Doing it to save tons of people. Literally undo the murder of millions, billions, billions, and trillions of people across the galaxy is a great way to do it. Because her, the like red marks on her, you know, history are all the deaths she's caused. Yeah. All the deaths she's been responsible for. And to do so in a way that is literally in reference to you having a soul. <sighs> Because that's the thing, is she not only sacrificed herself, she sacrificed herself in such a way that confirms she has a soul. Uh, And that's big for somebody who's (laughs) trying to recover from thinking she's a monster. Literally thinking she has this history of being a murderer, an assassin, this, like, cold, heartless being. You get to sacrifice yourself in a way where the thing you're expending... Not only your life, but is your soul. Your soul is saving the day. The fact that you have one is what saves the day. It's like... Like, if you pushed an LMD off that cliff, nothing would happen. No soul. You know?
0: It's, it's, it's also interesting because by sacrificing her soul, she gives Clint, Hawkeye, Ronan, the opportunity to get his back.
1: He got his soul back. Yeah, yeah. Because he... Because he became the heartless killer, Ronan, and was running around killing people. Because, and I liked his motivation. I really thought that was cool. Um, and I like how they slipped it in there. Everybody like else one had line.
0: Thanos. You have me.
1: Well, yeah, it was It was like, uh, you know, it's unfair that half the galaxy got snapped. And some of the half that remained are still criminals.
0: Still bad people. You
1: know, it wasn't just bad people that got snapped. It was half randomly. Yeah. And so all these heroes and his family and all these good people got snapped. So these criminals don't deserve to live. Yeah. And, like, that's badass. Yeah. You know? Um, The Ronin segment was cool. And, you know, that moves us on to Hawkeye. I think his ending is perfect. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he got to Mm -hmm. do what he does. He got his family back. Mm -hmm. You know? He got to... You know, live a generation's worth of vigilante career in like a five, like a decade. You know what I mean? Well, and
0: can we please talk about the fact that the guy running around among literal gods and cosmic anomalies, the guy who shoots arrows and and is just as human as anyone else could be, he barely even wears armor, Mm -hmm. is the one who rescued and ran with and protected the glove.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, holy crap. Yeah. He's the one that saves the gauntlet. Yeah, he, <laughs> he
1: rescues the gauntlet. Um, And it's it's just, I, I think it's perfect for who Hawkeye is. Because we've constantly seen him, like, you know, he kept his family secret. He always had this, like, safety net in the background. And he now knows how important that is. He lost it and got it back. At the expense of one of his best friends. So, like, his ending is this family that he has a renewed value for over everything else. He's always just wanted to retire, (laughs) you know what I mean, and go home. And now he can't. He's got his wife and kids back.
0: And he called his daughter Hawkeye, and she looks exactly like Kate Bishop, and I about lost my freaking mind. I
1: (laughs) I really hope they run with that. I hope Kate Bishop turns out to be his daughter in the show. I know that... It's probably hokey for a lot of Kate Bishop fans, but that'd be awesome. Um, hey,
0: you can't always just like materialize characters. And as someone who who acknowledges that and still wants my characters represented in these films, like I'm willing to swallow that someone becomes someone else. Like, you know, we watch we're watching the Arrowverse, and Laurel Lance is actually Dinah. And mm-hmm. and but it's her middle name or mm-hmm. whatever she yeah. goes by her middle name and so it it's weird it's hokey sometimes but if you're going to at least give me my character mm-hmm. that's really all I can ask for you have to be creative when you're when you're trying to build this world and make it seamless and I I accept that and if you give me a Kate Bishop character her name could be like her name's Lila but her name could be Lila Catherine yeah. like I'll forgive it. I, I looked over Laurel.
1: Or like, have her, have her like, get into the P.I. business like she does and have her change her name to Kate Bishop so that she's not connected to Clint Barton. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, she's Lila Barton, but she, like, goes by Kate Bishop for her P.I. business. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because... That
0: could be her mom's maiden name. We don't know. Yeah. You we know. don't know.
1: So, um, yeah, I think Hawkeye's... I think all the ending of the original six is great. Like, Hulk, not really much, like... His major change was during that five-year period. He became like Professor Hulk. So he's like, Bruce Banner's brain in Hulk's body. Anyone who's read the comics knows that doesn't stick, and that leads to problems later. Um, What we find out later is that the Hulk is very much an intelligent being, but it does not very much like sharing. (laughs) Um, So hopefully if we see the Hulk more going on, that will be a thing. Hulk... With what happened to Tony is now the, you know, resident science guy. So he'll have, you know, experience with that. Um,
0: Well, him and Shuri. Yeah. Because she's back. And I think that's going to be really interesting because now she's going to be considered (sighs) one of the smartest people alive.
1: True. Until we get Reed Richards. Uh, Which is probably going to (sighs) happen soon. Thor. I'm in love with what happened to Thor. They have turned Thor essentially into what Thor has very much become in the comics where he's not defined by Asgard anymore. He's not the dude with the flowy hair and the cape and the armor.
0: And he's not defined by Mjolnir.
1: He's drunk and rough and tumble. And I mean, first of all, I loved the beer gut Thor. I thought that was hilarious. I'm glad that they didn't have a moment where he was just like, I touched Mjolnir and now I'm muscly again. He was just, he was fat Thor The entire time. I
0: appreciate that they did not reveal that prior to because Mm. the ruckus that occurred in our theater, like there were dudes that probably were just the straightest dudes on the friggin' planet in our theater that when the beer gut happened, they were like, oh, bro. Bro. (laughs) Like, don't be like that. Um, Like, everyone just like, oh, what did you do? (laughs) I need to,
1: comic book speculators, get on the first appearance of Thor beer gut. That's the one you need to find. Um, but yeah, it. I liked what they did with him. You know, he became, they went with unworthy. They went with unworthy. Yes. So he felt unworthy and...
0: He behaved it, as such. It
1: hurt him and he was miserable and he, like, they just made him look like lebowski the whole time that was hilarious it was actually um, really funny we're
0: sitting in the theater and chris was sitting next to me and he's like he looks like the dude and the literal next line out of tony stark's mouth is excuse me to the left lebowski yeah
1: excuse me and lebowski. everyone's
0: losing yeah. it
1: um but i like where he's at now where he's he's not trying to be king he's not trying to be the god of thunder he's just gonna go be him and what he realizes he enjoys doing is rolling around with the Guardians of the Galaxy being plucky.
0: <laughs> now, another thing that was a direct nod to us comic book readers is that he gets on the ship with the Guardians and makes the comment, I'm back as Guardians of the Galaxy, which I then squeed loudly in the theaters. I'm pretty sure I'm the only one in that entire theater who has actually been reading as Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. It's true. But then it also brings the context of you now have Thor- on the ship, mm-hmm. with the Guardians, a Guardians 3 movie is going to come, they could bring in everyone's favorite as Guardian sister.
1: T, T being everyone.
0: I'm the only one that matters. <laughs> 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 but they, they very well could set up that they go out and they're hunting and she arrives because she's been a Guardian. There's been rumor of her involvement to the MCU forever. There's so much opportunity there. Mm -hmm. And if they're going to go hunting for Gamora, why wouldn't you pull in someone else who can be a total chick badass? Yeah. Like, they could go hunting for Gamora and accidentally come across Angela and have to deal with that. Yeah. Because she starts out as kind of a bad guy and becomes a good guy.
1: Yeah. I I think that would be great. I would love to see Angela come into play. I don't know if there's, like, weird (laughs) licensing stuff with how Marvel got Angela cuz Angela was originally a Spawn character. yada yada. I but I mean, think so.
0: If they can use By my topics. yeah, by my
1: understanding is because Neil Gaiman won the licensing stuff against Todd McFarlane for Angela and then essentially gave Angela to Marvel. Cuz so my understanding is that Neil and Todd were in like creator battle, like legal creator battle over who created Angela and Neil won and then gave Angela to Marvel so that he could write uh, Miracle Man. Yeah. You could finish that up. Um, I might be way wrong there. I might want to look that up before people start blasting <laughs> but me. But you know what? Here's um, the
0: thing on that, is that Todd McFarlane's the type of guy that he just wants to see his characters done right by, and if they want to put him in the MCU... Even if there is weird licensing stuff, I don't see Todd looking at Marvel and being like, no, you can't put Angelo in a movie. Todd just wants stuff to be good for fans. Mm -hmm. He's one of those creators that just wants stuff done right. Yeah. And I don't see him denying it. I don't. Even if he does have some weird licensing mumbo jumbo going on, I just, I don't see that becoming a big issue. Yeah, And I think I'm putting this out there. You want to cast Angela, give it to Ruby Rose. We've seen her play essentially the same character in the DC <laughs> universe. Make it happen.
1: You're such a nerd.
0: I am um, a nerd. That's why I'm doing this stupid you just, podcast. Yeah.
1: You get so like latched on things. I do. Like, I have a this one-track This person fan needs, fan needs mind. to be every character. Um, no,
0: just every character yeah. that makes sense.
1: So, I, I like what happened with Thor. I think his ending was really that's solid. Great. Um, but really, I think the shining culmination... Of stories is what happened with Captain America and Tony Stark. Um, because it's, it's really interesting because I feel like they had the opposite endings of what you would assume. Like they, they had each other's endings and it was perfect. Yeah. Because like Tony, you would assume would be the one that would just eventually, He's all like, he was the one who had, like, the PTSD moments, and he was the one who was, like, constantly thinking and constantly worrying and trying to put, like, a shield over the world, fighting with his friends over his beliefs and stuff like that. So you you would think he'd be the one that would eventually have too much, reconcile with it, and go make a life with Pepper. You know, because he was also in the background of all that. He was finding safety in Pepper. He was... Falling back on his love for her, he was going to propose to her, and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, constantly just going back to, like, maybe domestic life is where I belong. Right. And in this one, we actually see him have that. In that five-year stint, he gives up on the Avengers because he's mad at them. Because they should have let him Ultron, which is dumb. Get over yourself. Um, Or, or they should have the let Accords him... Accords, or whatever. Should have let him Accords, too. I mean, both the Accords and Ultron were the same different versions of the same thing essentially um you know and he was pissed about that and so he quits and he goes and he has a kid with pepper and they live in the woods and like you would assume that's his ultimate goal and meanwhile Captain america is the one constantly fighting constantly trying he's constantly at the front of stuff Constantly the face of the Avengers. He is the hero. He's given the speeches. He's the hero. He's the war hero. He's the hero America has. He's America's ass. And, <laughs> you know, you would think he would be the one to die in glorious battle. And, and it's not. switched. And I love that. Tony gets the glove, snaps Thanos and Thanos' people out of existence, defeats Thanos, is the deciding defeat of thanos i mean he gets the stones which i thought was badass he tries to get the glove thanos is like haha you failed snaps and then no stones and that's such a tony thing always thinking in like complex ways it's not even it's not even one step ahead it's like what would people expect here's what i'm gonna do and that's tony's superpower is like he thinks where people can't think yeah he finds the nooks and crannies of logical thought and he fills those with his mind And, like, that's why he's able to build the time machine. That's why he's able to, like... And that's why I was talking with friends the other day about, you know, a meme that's popped up online that shows, like, pictures of Iron Man getting his ass handed to him by something and how he improved the suit. And that's Iron Man's... Iron Man's superpower is his ability to think and, like, fix.
0: And that's the last thing he did with that suit was he created it so that it could be a gauntlet. Well,
1: and in Infinity War, they weren't able to get the glove off. That was where he got his ass kicked. And so he improved.
0: He made his own glove. He's
1: constantly. Well, he's constantly going to the next thing. He, tr- They were trying to get the glove off. It wasn't working. Thanos was about to win again. And he grabs the glove and takes the stones. It's so smart. It's the step above. You know, this is how I failed. This is how I improve. And then he snaps and it kills him. And it's, it's beautiful because Pepper comes down and... And it, who is rescued now, which is awesome. She's awesome. Um, oh. So badass. This There's the scene of them like spinning around a and like firing lasers together. It's <sighs> just like it's so cool. Um, But yeah, she comes down and she's like, You can rest now. Because that's the thing is because his thing is thinking and constantly improving, he's retired like three times in the MCU. There was like, after Iron Man 2, he was told that he can just be a consultant, he's not allowed to like actually be on the team. And then he like, tried to get away <coughs> one other time he tried to get away and then like after you know the snap he retired so like he's given it up like a few times already he's tried to. but just she receive. looks him in
0: the face while they're after he figures out the time machine and she goes yeah you can go to bed but will you be able to rest
1: so he's never going to be able to rest so the only definitive end for him The only way for him to finally rest is to know that he sacrificed Mm -hmm. everything to save everyone. And they won. And he won. He defeated the thing that's been haunting him for a decade. He saved everybody. He did what nobody else could. He was the Mm -hmm. greatest of all of them.
0: Also, shout out to Spider-Man. Because, holy crap, the amount of crying (laughs) that is consumed in that
1: theater. When he's
0: like, hey, Mr. Stark. We, we did it. We did we it. We won. And just... <laughs> Tom,
1: Tom <laughs> Holland is a tear sponge, that guy. <laughs> a dude, he pops on screen and he's like, y'all want to cry? Here we go. <laughs> Get ready. Yeah, yeah, he's the on switch. Um, and then on the inverse, you have Captain America. Survived the battle. Did some badass shit. Picked up Mjolnir, which, called it, boink. Yeah, um,
0: there, there was your there was we'll, your
1: win. Yeah, we'll backtrack to theories um, in a second. But uh you know he is tasked with taking all the stones back in time and taking the hammer back and he does that and then he stays because he gets that life you know what i mean he has a life he goes he gets peggy they live together he becomes an old man he comes back and he passes the shield because his job is done his job has run its course now it's time for him to live and it's 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 a perfect ending for both of them because they had kind of the opposite, like, Cap never really had a life because he spent most of his life wanting to be a soldier, and then he became a soldier, got frozen, and then became an Avenger. He never really had a chance to, like, sit live. down and live. Tony was living the high life for most of his life and then became an Avenger and then realized there's more important things. So it's it's, it's the perfect end to both of them with Cap getting to, like save the world, and then have an entire lifetime of joy. And then Tony getting to close his story by saving literally the galaxy.
0: (laughs) I have a little weirdness, very little weirdness with the Captain America going back and living life thing. Uh Just because it was pointed out to me that I don't know if that. So. He. he we, The way that they, fr- they, they display it. He's got a ring on his finger. So he's clearly married. And we go back and we get to see that he gets his dad's Peggy. Does that mean. That Peggy Carter never happened? Does that mean she doesn't live the life she's supposed to? How does that not change the time stream? I think my one question. My thought. The one thought I had was that he goes back and has that dance. But it's entirely possible that he goes back and has that dance and says, you have to live your life. And then goes and lives quietly somewhere else. And we don't know that the ring on his finger was for Peggy.
1: Yeah, and that's fair. And I kind of
0: have to lean on that because, like, I want Peggy to be happy. But I also want Peggy to be Peggy Carter.
1: No, yeah, I know. But does, so are we, like... Are you getting at that, like, Steve can't be happy unless it's Peggy? Is that what you're... No. okay.
0: No. I want to, I just want to make sure that, like, him going back and whoever it is, like, if he went back and it was Peggy, because that's kind of what they were implying. Yeah. Like, did that just fully retcon Peggy Carter?
1: Well, okay. So, two things. And first of all, probably not with how we know, you know, Captain America and Peggy are, you know, the chances of him being like, hey, you better stay home and make sandwiches. (laughs) Very slim. Um, And the chances of her being like, well, you know, I'm happy now. I guess I better quit my job. Very slim. You know what I mean? Fair. Like, I didn't, I honestly didn't see the Peggy Carter show, but I highly doubt she spent every episode being like, I'm doing this because of Steve. You know, she's doing it because she's a badass. And that's why. Fair. Um, so in a way, being... And I'm not calling this out to you. Just call it out to future people who have this qualm come up on the internet because it will eventually evolve into this. Um, having that worry is kind of the opposite of empowering Peggy. Because it's suggesting that like once a woman gets domestic, can't be a badass anymore. Um, so for you people that give crap to this movie for that, suck it. Um... <laughs> Anyway, the second thing, and this is kinda weird, is they established really early on that this this sort of time travel they were doing was gonna be on a multiple timeline kind of structure. So right. once you changed the timeline, it didn't change your future, it made a new one that would branch off. So technically, going back in time, hooking up with Peggy wouldn't actually affect the timeline. That we had in that universe. So Peggy Carter still happened. As Peggy Carter happened.
0: Just in a different timeline.
1: No, in the main timeline. The one he went into was the different timeline. The one where they're dancing, that was the branch.
0: So then how- Because think about the
1: the ancient ones. Yeah, this is where I'm going to loop in. Okay. But think about the ancient one as like, if you take this stone- my timeline branches off.
0: Right. And that makes sense. So
1: from the point of the change, there's a new timeline. Right. So the timeline where Thanos was defeated and Steve went back in time, that was an entirely separate thing. Peggy Carter still happened in that. Steve was still frozen in that. Because when you think about it, like certain things they did in those timelines would have changed everything. So there was, you know, branches. Right. which, shout out to the timeline where Loki escaped. Sorry. Um, <laughs> that sucks. Uh, yeah, right?
0: I also wonder if that's where the, <coughs> the Loki show's gonna come in. I
1: don't know, maybe. But the weird part about the whole Captain America thing is that how is he able to get to that future?
0: That's what I'm yeah. confused about. That's what's triggering me. I don't me. think
1: it's a big deal. It's a little bit of a plot hole, whatever eff it. You know what I mean? It doesn't really matter. But... Um, yeah, technically by the timeline stuff that they set the up. law. He would have had to have some way to travel through dimensions Yeah, to get there. Maybe he did. Who knows? We don't know what he did in those, like, 80 years or whatever. You know? So <laughs> that's that true. that's the real hang-up here is that, like, that old man Steve shouldn't passing off the shield
0: in that shouldn't section.
1: have been in that timeline. Okay. Basically, once he left and started his life somewhere else... It should have just been like, yeah, he didn't exist. Anymore. I
0: think that's why I was getting, yeah, I, mean, I think that's what was triggering of, me. is that I was how like, they, how did he yeah. exist if it's a separate timeline now? Yeah,
1: because of how they set up the branches, technically Steve Rogers would have just stopped existing. Plot hole there. We've pointed it out. Sorry. Put your finger in it. Sorry, don't,
0: I, don't, I built it and then I kept pulling at the string yeah, and I made, I made a hole. Don't pick
1: at it, it will be infected. But, I'm sorry, I made a um, hole. But yeah, I think the ending for Captain America and Iron Man, absolutely just perfect. Yeah, I Absolutely agree. perfect. Iron Man was created in duress and ended in such a way where Tony Stark was able to basically bookend his life achieving the like greatest thing that he wanted. You know what I mean? Like the his ultimate achievement. You know? And Captain yeah. America was able to get his ultimate achievement, which was to let it go. Yeah. You know, to let go of the life, to get happiness and marriage and all that. Um so yeah, it's cool.
0: I think it was good. It was so good. There so was so much crying.
1: Our theories. Um I was correct about from the previous episode, so from Friday's episode. I was correct about the hammer. I was super pumped woo about woo! that. I knew that was going to come back into play, and I knew that was going to be a big fan servicing moment, and it was awesome. It was so cool. He was he he's got... so much
0: better with yeah, Mjolnir he than Thor is. So oh my better. gosh.
1: Um, he needs to just keep that one. I love that moment where they swap hammers, and Thor's like, no, you get the small one.
0: <laughs> you get the little one. That was great. I, just,
1: I love what Thor's become. He's such a fun character. I was so worried about it with Ragnarok that he was going to be cheesy and like, oh boy, he's a comedy character now. Yay.
0: But no, it works.
1: But it's so funny um hawkeye made it out of the movie so i was wrong there um i really (laughs) thought that was gonna be what like spawns the kate bishop movement but uh i was wrong
0: i think now they'll actually now it makes me think that the hawkeye show is going to be post endgame. yeah and
1: what was your theory
0: i had the theory that
1: Oh, that Jane was gonna do something. So
0: I said that I thought Jane was gonna be in the movie, and then I said that Jane was gonna pick up the hammer.
1: You were correct that she was in the movie, but all like she did was get- half
0: a second! She yeah. literally like looked at the camera and turned around.
1: All she did was get anal probed by a raccoon. I
0: don't think it's fair The Natalie part was able to go to the premiere and make a big rigmarole. Lawrence
1: Fishburne was at the premiere. He wasn't even in the freaking movie. Yeah, but- <laughs>
0: He may as well have been in the movie more than she was. She Liam was in it for like ten seconds. William
1: Hemsworth and Miley Cyrus were in the movie. Or were at the premiere. And they weren't in the freaking movie. I think
0: he's directly he's related. S-
1: oh, he's brother of Hemsworth. They
0: go to premieres like that. Natalie Portman doesn't just show up at premieres. I don't know. It was it was weird. And I thought it was a little disappointing that she was literally in the movie for like ten seconds. I thought that was kinda lame. Like, I really wanted there to be a point to her being in the movie, but there wasn't. Like, they didn't, I don't even know if she, like, recorded or filmed new footage. I think of think I think
1: some of it was, like, the stuff of her in the bedroom was new.
0: Which is literally her standing up and turning around. It was the
1: stupidest shot. You know, shot. they probably, she was probably already on set for one of those, like, perfume commercials, and they were just like, can we use this? <laughs> <laughs> we edit in a cybernetic Bradley Cooper raccoon into this, and they were like, "Yeah, whatever." You're just. I don't know.
0: That that was mildly disappointing for me, just because yeah. I wanted her. Part of me really wants her back in, mm-hmm. because I enjoy her Jane Foster, and I, I like think it Foster, would be really yeah. cool to have her Jane Foster eventually become more than just her Jane Foster. But this sort of just solidified for me that she's not really in it. Yeah. Like, okay, um, if I only have to do a day of filming, I'll show up yeah, for a shoot. But you know what I mean? It just yeah. felt very, very like, oh, fine, okay. Yeah, she's probably
1: just busy. She's got a lot going on. Um we now have a lot
0: going on with the Avengers.
1: I didn't put this one on, like, I didn't record this theory, but it was literally the first theory I ever had about Endgame. Because I had it literally the night we saw infinity war and that was that scott lang was gonna and i recall saying this exactly scott lang was gonna come out of the quantum realm and be like i was only in there for five hours (laughs) and they were gonna use time shit in the quantum realm to time travel now i got it wrong i was like they're gonna time travel and go back to the fight with thanos and have like extra avengers on hand but what they ended up doing made more sense. It was cool. Yeah. Um, but I, I recall saying that. that. It might have been, actually, I think it was after Ant-Man. After we saw Ant-Man and the Wasp, I was like, here's what's going to happen. Scott Lang's going to come out of the Quantum Realm, and he's going to go find the Avengers. And they're going to be like, it's been three years. And he's going to be like, for me, it was only 10 seconds or something crazy. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so stoked because I remember having that conversation. I remember saying that theory, and I was like, I nailed it. Um, but yeah, it was overall, it was really good. So what was your favorite time travel segment? Did you like going back to the Avengers? Did you like going back to watching Star-Lord dance? <laughs> or did you like, uh, what was the other one? Going back to Asgard?
0: Um,
1: pre Malekith.
0: I... I would say I really enjoyed... Well, there were two specific moments that were really strong for me. So I really enjoyed all of the going back to Asgard because I just enjoy watching a raccoon try to rationalize with a drunk, fat Thor. <laughs> that was just mm, come here. great.
1: Hey, like Thor, come
0: here. I think I'm having a panic attack. This
1: is great. Rocket slapping the shit out of Thor. But then the
0: throwback was so good because they rebuilt the the the, the um, elevator scene, and then his just hail Hydra, like
1: has mm-hmm.
0: a comic reader like, holy shit, <laughs> that yeah. was so good because it's such a big deal. It was just. Uh,
1: I really uh, liked. <laughs> I really liked how much they focused on how far caps come. You know what I mean? Yes. Like they had the cap on cap fight, and you know, they were very equally matched, but, like, literally, you know, initial Captain America is, like, I've found Loki. I'm preparing to engage. And current Captain is like, you gotta be shitting me. <laughs> you know, so it's just fun to see how far he's come since the, like, language type of moment, you know what I mean? See,
0: he's, he's had to deal with things that young Cap never dealt with. Yeah. Like, that's the thing, is that Cap dealt with Loss, quote unquote, but like, not really. He was frozen for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't deal with anything. Yeah. And then he comes back and he's just like, I have to be this gold standard. And and after you lose everyone and you just lose mm-hmm. in general, you change as a person. Like it, it, you know, we talk about like the grizzled war hero. They don't start that way. Mm-hmm. You start as the shiny young cadet that's just trying to make a make a difference, and then eventually you become that guy. And yeah. and Cap became he that just guy.
1: Was that way. Um, I really liked probably the space segment and Asgard. I liked Asgard because the conversation with Freya <sighs> oh. did so much, in my opinion, for the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that I don't think people will realize it. She talks about being raised by witches. She talks about not wanting to know her future. She talks about, like, being who you want to be and not who you're supposed to be. Like, all this stuff is good shit that could play in later. Yeah. And the fact that we have a character who's literally like, oh, I get time travel. I was raised by witches. It's like, that's what I'm talking about is that they don't give a shit anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, gloves are off. It's a comic book movie. Deal with it. Yeah, you know, and that like just in that line, just in that conversation, there's so much that just feels like it's comic book time. Yeah, and it was great. It, it was, was wonderful. Very cool. That like single just conversation between those two, and everything that happened on Asgard, like Rocket getting chased by the Asgardians and then being like, "Seize the rabbit" and stuff <laughs> like that. Like the whole plan of like, "Hey, I'm gonna squish this thing into." Jane Foster and take the Aether out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, bonkers. And the fact that what we didn't see is that Captain America had to go back in time and, and re-squoosh the Aether. And he had to basically find Jane Foster immediately after she just got probed by a ra- like, talking raccoon and be like, hey, I'm Captain America. You know who I am. Bend over. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? like, <laughs> It's so comic booky. It's crazy. Like if they were going to take the shit back in the first place, they could have found a point where they like travel way back in time and get the Aether from Odin or some shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But they went back where they had to literally extract it from a lady just so that they could... And at the time, they didn't know they would have to take them back. That was something Hulk figured out, obviously. But, you know, to have to go back in time and re-be like, hey, we saved you from this thing, but uh, there you go. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> You gotta, you gotta ride this one out, lady. And um, he'll
0: have to wait long enough after squooshing her. He has to wait the, like, ten minutes to be able to throw Mjolnir back into the existence of the the realm.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, so uh, he can't just,
0: like, squoosh and run. He has to, like, squoosh and then, like, okay, I'm gonna go chill out in the, like, break room for ten minutes and then throw Mjolnir into the existence.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go chuck Mjolnir real quick. Um, I did think that it would have been cool to get to watch Cap, even in just, like, quick flashes watch him put the stones back because like obviously given the time stone back probably wouldn't have been a problem putting the power stone back wouldn't have been a problem you know you just close everything up um but like putting the soul stone back to the freaking red skull who's up there you know what i mean like that would have been intense and obviously squooshing back the aether would have been intense um but i don't know i uh I think I, I really liked the Asgardian one and I liked the space one because I liked how they reincorporated Thanos. Yeah. You know, the I loved all the Nebula time. That was my favorite part of this. She's I've awesome. been I've been saying for years that I want more Nebula time. I love Karen Gillan as an actress. Uh, she's nice to look at. And I really like... <laughs> just the, That's not... Those are two separate points. It's not, I love Karen Gillan because she's nice to look at. I love her as an actress, and yeah, she's nice to look at. Just clarifying. <laughs> um, it's an
0: added bonus, not a requisite. And just,
1: in my opinion, like, Nebula is very underused kind of, like, space psycho. But also what Karen Gillan is able to do as Nebula is so impressive and That's doesn't get true. enough credit. And they hit it a lot in this movie with these, like, very subtle emotional ch- shifts. Right. And, like very slight smiles that you see it's super slight but you see it and you know exactly how she feels under all those prosthetics all that makeup you know exactly what's going through nebula's head they play and it's so impressive that she can do that she literally has blacked out contacts blue paint all over her and these like metallic prosthetics and you like karen gillen is still able to tell you how nebula feels
0: they play friggin' table football And he's like, you won. Did you have fun? I did have fun.
1: Yeah. It's like, it's wonderful. It's
0: so good.
1: And I, like, I love that Nebula had a ton of time, but I also love the nod to the comics that Nebula was kind of an integral part to Thanos' badass story. Because in, you know, the original Infinity Gauntlet, she eventually gets the gauntlet and she's the reason everyone gets snapped back because Thanos tricks her into snapping everyone back, and then they beat Gamora and so on. Um, And uh, so her being an integral part was really, really cool. Um, But I just like that we got comic book Thanos on screen, and it made sense. Because, like, comic book Thanos, entire psychopath, like, super crazy, super, like I said earlier, like, fine with murdering people. And while movie Thanos was fine with murdering people, he kind of had a lot more heart. Even, like, when we found him later in this movie and he was all, like, grizzled. And he was like, maybe I treated you poorly right before he gets his head lopped off. You know what I mean? Like, he was this very sympathetic type character. True. And so past Thanos realizes that his fate is to die. And he realizes that, you know, you can't just kill half the universe. You've got to, like, destroy the freaking universe. you got to clean house. Build it anew. And that's intense. And now he's comic Thanos. Yeah. So like that final battle wasn't with the same Thanos. It wasn't with a Thanos with a goal, with like a righteous indignation, like a purpose. It was a Thanos who just wanted to destroy. Yeah. Everything in his way was garbage that needed to get out of the way. And having him have that line of like, what I'm about to do to your small, annoying planet I'm going to enjoy, you know, like that line. Yeah was awesome like this <laughs> and so i really liked the space segment because i thought it was a very clever way of getting thanos reinvolved. i agree and making it's crazy that you can literally have someone be the big bad twice
0: but they're different
1: in different ways yeah and that's awesome that's a testament to the russos the writers and uh josh brolin yeah. that he's able to just two separate bad guys that are the same, same character yeah. um but yeah yeah and also you know the star lord segment was hilarious watching just... him like hey Hey like, that was really <laughs> fun. Uh, so to wrap up so the audio thing at the end um it's obviously the sound of some ber- someone tempering metal like gong, gong, gong. it's been confirmed by Disney, that that is Iron Man building his first suit, and what it's meant to signify is that while this story's over, the Marvel machine charges Continuous. on, forging new stories for the next phase to come. So without
0: telling you what it is, because we don't know. Yeah, Except they, we know they're Spider-Man.
1: They wanted the <laughs> yeah, they wanted the in-game. Well, and that's the thing is technically Kevin Feige has said that while in-game is. The book end for the main Avengers, Spider Man is actually the last movie of Phase 4.
0: Huh. Interesting.
1: So, if it has any stingers,
0: introduce
1: introduce what's coming up. So, very excited about uh, Far From Home. Get out and see Endgame. If you have seen Endgame, let us know what you thought. Um, And keep up with us online if you're interested in listening to more episodes.
0: Our next movie review will likely be the atrocity that is (laughs) Dark Phoenix.
1: Yeah, I think that's the next one coming right in June. Yeah, it's in like the first first week of June,
0: which uh, I'm not excited about it, but... I'll, you'll you'll get my righteous indignation after, after that yeah. comes out so yeah. Um, but yeah find us on Facebook and Twitter at Coverby Podcast uh, find all of the ways you can listen to us through our website www.coverbypodcast.com um, you can find us on Instagram and we are putting out new stuff every week
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you know that's what we do
1: we will catch you guys next time try not to get snapped out of existence mm-hmm. um Get out there and salute America's ass.
0: That's right. And have a great weekend. Bye, guys. Bye.